This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So glad to be with you again today. I'd like to welcome all of you here in the main sanctuary. Give yourselves a great big praise God for your faith and courage and determination to come to church. And all of you in the theater, in the Beverly Dr. Bev, and all of you in the Dr. Theo and Sheila Palmer, give yourselves a great big praise God because you made it to church. So proud of you. Okay, today we're going to continue our series part six. It is God's desire for us to live in his abundant life. In fact, it's his destiny for us because he paid for it at the cross. The abundant life is consisting of God's nature, God's character, God's power, God's wisdom, uh, God's ability working through us. And it also consists of us being blessed because of his favor on us so that we are met, all our financial needs are met, we are healthy, we have great families, we have great friends. Every blessing imaginable. Ephesians 1.3 tells us that God has given us every blessing there is, and that's the abundant life. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us abundant life. Now, we're living in a world that's full of turmoil, confusion, fear, and sorrow right now. But if we will press in and tap in to the vine or the, or the root or the trunk of the tree, we will enjoy the abundant life like Jesus promised. Yes, it's a time of great persecution right now. I know we are entering into the seven-year tribulation period, and there's danger everywhere. The Bible tells us in the last days, perilous times will come, and we see it all around us. That's why it's necessary to teach messages like this, to bring hope, to bring courage, to bring faith, because if we'll trust the Lord, we will not only survive these end times, but we will succeed these end times. So, all right, let's go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 13 as we kick off part 6 today. Jesus said, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, this is the foundation parable upon which all other parables are built. So if we don't get it here, we're not going to understand the rest. Let's concentrate. Watch this carefully now. Verse 14. Jesus said, the sower sows the word. Now we know that every farmer, well, in the old days, back in the old Bible days, they would go out with corn or whatever seed they were wanting to plant, and they would scatter it on the ground. So he'd be a sower sowing seed. Now today, I'm sowing the word. The word of God is incorruptible seed. So I'm the sower now. If you are sharing your faith or your love for Jesus or your salvation testimony with friends and family, then you are sowing the seed. 
the word of God. But today it's my turn, okay? Now, the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where this word is sown. The wayside is certain kind of soil, wayside soil. It is a pathway. Now, the pathway might be one meter, two meters wide. It's a path that everybody walks back in those days. And because of the continuous people continuously walking on it, nothing grows on it. We can understand that, right? So Jesus said, this is the seed that falls on the wayside soil where nothing grows. When they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now the word immediately means what? It means it comes right now. So while you're listening at home, watching on TV or on your iPad, on your iPad or your whatever, your computer, Satan will try and steal the word from you right there. How is that possible? Well, he'll tell you, go make some coffee. You can listen while you make coffee. Or I'll tell you, why don't you go and get some breakfast? Come sit down and then watch. But you can listen while you're making the breakfast. Or he'll tell you, listen, why don't you talk to Fred and listen with one ear? Talk to your husband, your wife, your kids. That's not the way to do this. That's Satan coming immediately to steal the word that is being sown in your heart. The devil is afraid of the word of God. He knows what it's going to do for you. It's going to bring you abundant life. It's going to bring you victory over the devil and all his plans and all his problems. He doesn't like that. He wants to stay in control, but if you hear the word, you'll be in control. Okay, verse 16. The next category of soil is the stony ground. Jesus said, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So stony ground, obviously there's no soil there for the seed to grow. And Jesus said this is an example of the person who hears the word, gets all excited, okay, and then the devil sends tribulation. What's that? That's problems. And persecution, that's people saying bad things about you. That's the problems we see in the world today. People coming against Christianity. And so what happens? Immediately they stumble. They go back to the world, walk away from Jesus. Now, we are entering a time of great persecution worldwide. It's coming now. It's going to get worse until Jesus comes, until the rapture, very much worse. But Jesus said, look up, your redemption draws near. When you see these things happen, we are not going to be bothered with it. We are going to press into God, and we're going to live a victorious life. Amen. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. This is the third category now of soil. Thorny soil. They hear the word, 
and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So Jesus said, this group of people, they hear the word of God, they are excited about the word of God, they obviously come to church, they come to church, they church goes. But watch this, the cares of this world, that means they worry, they're worriers, they're worried, they don't have faith, why? Because they're not abiding in the word like they should. Deceitful, the deceitfulness of riches. So they just want to grow rich and so they spend a lot of time focusing on different ideas to grow rich, 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 okay? Never satisfied. And then the desire for other things entering and choke the word. So they want a bigger house, always a bigger car, and they're so obsessed with these things, they don't have time to read the Bible, they don't have time to come to church, and so they put the things of God aside and they chase after worldly possessions and money. That's their focus, their focus. Now, um, these people, unfortunately, they are unfruitful, Jesus said, unfruitful. That's like a branch being on the peach tree, but that branch never has peaches. The other branches do, but that one doesn't. That's a problem, all right? It's unfruitful. So Jesus said that branch is unfruitful. These people, the seed grows up in the heart. These people are unfruitful. In other words, they're not moving the ball forward for Jesus. They're not moving the ball forward. They're not making a difference in the kingdom of God. They're not active in the kingdom of God. They're not serving in the house of the Lord. They're just spectators. They're sitting in the grandstands, but never get down the field to play the game. And, you know, well, somebody might say, well, you know, Apostle Theo, I am a tither, so I feel like I'm doing my part. I am contributing. Well, good for you. You are obedient to the Lord. Your tithe will open the windows of heaven for you. Bless God. You have the opportunity of being blessed because you are a tither. But, you know, everybody's supposed to tithe, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. The tithe doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord, right? The Bible tells us in Leviticus 27 verse 30 that the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's not ours. God gives us 90%. And he wants us to return his 10% of all that we receive. So everybody is doing their part, bringing God's tithe to the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us that we should pay our tithes. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 9, the Bible says we pay tithes because it's not a gift. When I pay my tithe or my tenth, I'm not bringing a gift to God. I'm just giving him what's his. It's like somebody borrowing your car and returning it. When they return your car, they're not giving you a gift, are they? Right. So 
Then the Bible tells us in Malachi 3 verse 8, if I hold back the tithe, I'm a robber. Now, if I choose not to give somebody a gift, that doesn't make me a robber. If I choose not to buy somebody a birthday present, that doesn't make me a robber. But if I don't pay my tithe, I'm a robber because it's not mine. It's God's, right? Now, the 10% belongs to the Lord, and I keep the 90. If I decide to give God an additional 5% and only keep 85%, so I give God 15, then the 10% is a payment I make because that's his, and the 5% is a gift, an offering that I sow. Now, on that 5%, I can trust God for a hundredfold return. On the tithe, I have the windows open. God's raining down his blessing on me. So that's how it works, family. I'm a tither. All people who tithe are just simply paying their debt to God. If somebody's earning $100,000 a month and he tithes $10,000 a month, he's making the same contribution to somebody who earns $1,000 a month and tithes 100, or should I say rand, rand. Okay, now then let's go to the next verse, verse 20. Now we're going to see there are six different categories of soil here. We've already looked at three of them. Now there's three others in verse 20. Jesus says, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So there's three categories of soil here, 30-fold return, 60-fold return, and 100-fold return. So we got three good categories and three bad categories. Now, remember this. It's the same seed. It's the same seed. It's God's word. And yet, as powerful and as alive as God's word is, it did not produce in the stony ground. It did not produce in the wayside soil. It did not produce in the thorny soil. But it does produce in the good soil. And we learned here that the heart is the soil in this parable. Our heart, then, needs to be good soil. Get rid of all unforgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, resentment, jealousy. Get out your life. Make sure your heart's right with the Lord. And if you do that and tap into God, you will be good soil. Praise the Lord. Now, we talk about fruit here in this verse. It says... Those who hear the word of God, accept it, will bear fruit. Will bear fruit. We're learning about the fruit that Jesus spoke of in John 15 and verse 7. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. And uh, then Jesus told us in John 10.10, 10, I came to give you abundant life. Now we know that that's the abundant life is the fruit. That's what he came to give us. He bought that at the cross. We agree. 
on that. We've learned that already. But here is additional fruit. Additional fruit. What kind of fruit is this? Well, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold is obviously referring to us multiplying ourselves. The one person becomes 30, the other person becomes 60, and the other person becomes 100 times of himself. How's that? Well, he goes and wins 30 souls, or 60 souls, or 100 souls. So this verse includes soul winning. So when we abide in the Word, okay, keep the Word in our hearts, come to church, read our Bibles, we are going to become soul winners. Praise the Lord. Amen? Did Jesus not say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? So if I say I'm following Jesus, then show me the souls. Because if we follow Jesus, we'll be winning souls. Amen? Now, I know this is a strange doctrine to some folks, but it's the truth, family. It's the truth, children of God. We need to be soul winners. And if we will spend time in the Word and go to church, you'll have a desire in your heart to reach out to those going to hell. Imagine somebody sitting on the front veranda of their house and the neighbor across the street has a fire going. And the person sitting on the veranda watching the fire burn doesn't call the fire department and tell them, hey, my neighbor's house is on fire and I think they're inside. Wouldn't that be terrible? At least they could do that. Or they can at least take some water over there and, or a bucket and throw water on the fire. But no, they leave it. Don't tell anybody, just ignore it. Well, that's what so many believers are doing. They're just ignoring their neighbors going to hell. Don't try and help them in any way. Don't even pray for them. No, family of God, if you are tapping into Jesus, you will become conscious of the lost. Okay. Now then, notice this. Satan comes to steal the word because he is stealing Christ from us. When he steals the word, he's stealing Christ. He is disconnecting us from the vine. Let me make, make that clear. If the devil manages to steal our time from the Bible, Bible reading, steal time from going to church, He's stealing Christ from us. He's stealing, disconnecting us from the vine, making us unproductive. Don't let him do it. He is trying to disconnect us from the abundant life because he knows that's one way of tapping into the abundant life is in the word. Mark 4.23. The Lord Jesus said, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you here, more will be given. He's talking about hearing the word. Take heed what you hear. Make sure you hear the word. And he said, if you hear, more will be given. So this, prosperity, abundant life, comes to me by hearing the word of God. 
That's what Jesus is saying. Stay connected to the vine by listening to the word on Sundays, in your Bible, and so on. All right, this fruit grows without stress just by staying connected, just by opening your Bible and allowing it to feed you, allowing it to feed you, you will begin to succeed in life without stress, just by staying connected. It does matter what church you go to. It does. It does matter what word of God you are hearing. It does. Because Jesus said, take heed what you hear. It matters very much. Feel-good messages are not going to produce the same harvest in your life. That would be like eating chocolate brownies and hot fudge and ice cream every day three times a day. We need more than that. We need to be nourished. Christians need to feed on the milk of the Word of God or on the meat of the Word of God, depending on how mature they are. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 2 says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able to bear it. So Paul writing the church of Corinth and says, I'd like to feed you on the strong meat of God's word, but you're not mature enough, so I have to feed you on the milk. Why? Because you'll grow by the milk to maturity. Then let's get on the meat. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. All right, so we see in this scripture that pure milk is for the baby Christian. So he becomes a teenager, and now he can go on to meet. It is the teaching of the meat of God's word that helps us to hear the voice of God, follow the Spirit of God, be led by the Spirit of God. It's when we grow to maturity by knowing what God's word says that we're able to discern God's guidance and follow his Spirit. Once we are following the Spirit of God's guidance, then we are full-grown teenagers. Full-grown teenagers. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Mature sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So who are the mature sons of God? Those who follow the Holy Spirit. And those who don't follow the Holy Spirit, who are they? they baby Christians. They need our help and guidance. We will never grow to full sonship by feeding on watered-down Word of God messages. Only listen to feel-good motivational messages are not going to cause us to grow into maturity. Not going to happen. All right, let's imagine now, after church this morning, I'm standing down the bottom of the platform here in Johannesburg CFC, and Joe Soap and Fred Bloggs come up to me. Apostle Thea, 
We're visiting from overseas, and we have to go back to the airport now to catch our flight out of town. Um, can you direct me to the airport? Sure, I can. All right. You're going to take, you're going to go out the gate to the church, take a ride on Atlas Road, go north on Atlas Road, and then look for the sign R21 Janisburg Airport. Take that exit, stay on that road, and look for the big sign that says airport, and you'll be there. You won't have a problem finding it. Great. Thank you. And off they go. Two hours later, I get a phone call. Apostle Theo, we haven't get, got to the airport yet. We've been traveling for two hours at 120 kilometers an hour, and uh, we haven't arrived there. And now, look, what should I say to them? What should I say? How about this answer? Tell me if this is good. Okay, guys, listen. Uh, don't worry. Just um, put your head down. Don't be discouraged. Go faster. Just go faster. You can do this. Just be positive. Don't give up. Accelerate. Go harder. You'll get there. And he says, oh, thank you, Apostle Theo. Thank you so much. I feel so much better. Now, I won't give up. I promise you I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do 130 kilometers an hour. Is that the right answer? Probably not. Probably not. I should probably have said what? You're on the wrong road. You're on the wrong road. If you haven't found the airport by now, you're on the wrong road. Now, you know, so many Christians are on the wrong road. And if they go to a feel-good church and the guy just preaches, you can do this, you can make it, God's on your side, keep going, and they're on the wrong road, they're not going to make it, are they? They're just going to keep doing the wrong thing perfectly till they do it perfectly wrong without success. I know they don't like to hear that they're on the wrong road, especially if you tell a Christian, hey, you've been doing this wrong for 20 years. They don't like it. 20 years I've been climbing this ladder. I got to the top and I found out the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. That's what's going on. We need the Word of God. We need the whole counsel of God's Word taught to us. That's why Jesus said, be careful what you hear. All right. Luke 8, verse 18. The Lord Jesus said, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. There's a lot in that verse. It's pregnant. All right. Firstly, we heard Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Now he said, take heed how you hear. In other words, okay, you're going to hear the word. Great. But now take careful, be careful how you listen to the word. Give it your full attention. Because, he says, whoever has... To him more will be given. If I hear the word, I'll receive more blessing. And whoever does not have, there are people in life that don't have anything. Uh, the unsaved have nothing, nothing from the Lord. And Christians, 
They might be born again and go to heaven, but other than that, they're going to get no rewards in heaven and they're going to get no blessing on earth because they're not giving the word of God its rightful attention. So he says, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. Now it might seem like he's doing great. Let's say the unsaved now. He's got a nice house, nice car, boat for the lake, all of that stuff. He seems to be doing well. But Jesus says, what he seems to have will be taken away. So the way to receive lasting blessing is through the word, staying connected to the vine. The word is one way to do that. All right. So those people who have got stuff and they look like they're doing well, look at these film stars. They don't know Jesus, most of them. Looks like they're doing well, riding around on yachts, the paparazzi following them wherever they go. That's all smoke and mirrors, family. That's not real. That Jesus said what they seem to have will be taken away. Christians are not able to walk in the plan of God for their lives by only receiving feel-good messages. We want to receive eternal rewards now and for eternity by feeding on the good, solid meat of God's word. Therefore, whatever we keep and whatever we lose depends on how we hear and what we hear. So, the church you choose to go to is vitally important to your success in this life and to your success in eternity. The church you choose to go to because of the word that is preached. Amen. And your children. If we don't bring our children up in the word, in the word of God, they are going to be tempted and brainwashed to turn away from Christ. And we'll cry bitter tears as they get older and turn away from God. And we have to ask ourselves, what did we teach them when they were kids? What example did we set before them when they were kids? So take your children to a word church like CFC. Amen. That's good preaching. Thank you. Okay. So the word you listen to will determine the fruit, the success in your lives. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. You can see that in Mark chapter 4. The heart of those six different categories of soil determined the amount of success they would have from the same seed of God's word. So guard your heart. Make sure it remains good, rich soil and expose your heart to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Because the quality of your heart determines the quality of your harvest. So make sure your heart is good soil. Above all else, guard your heart. If God said above everything else that we are to look after, then He means what He says is the heart. I know I've got to take care of the stock exchange, my investments, whatever it is. I've got to take care of my work. Okay, fine. 
The most important thing is the heart. Keep the heart clean and expose it to the Word of God because out of that, the good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth the good things. This is how we are going to survive and thrive in these end times until Jesus comes for us. He said, when you see all these things happen, don't look down, get discouraged, give up. No. He said, look up, your redemption draws near. Jesus is coming soon, family. We see what's going on right now in Afghanistan. We'll see a lot of things change. We'll see different nations side with Iran. And uh, we'll see uh, them try and come against Israel. We'll see Russia get involved, China get involved. We'll see all this happen. We're seeing the decline of American influence in the world right now. It's all Bible prophecy. God knew this was going to happen. And things are not getting better. Pretty soon, we're going to see the next world war. Jesus is coming. The Antichrist will be revealed. Are we ready to face what's going to happen? Because we need the Word of God to make it and survive. Teach your children. Because at the end of the day, family, this is the only thing that we can stand on and depend on. The only thing. The Word of God. Matthew 4.4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth, forth from the mouth of God. Say that with me. I will not be able to survive on natural food only. I must depend on every word of God's word. Every word. So, family, that is the formula for success in this life. And I believe you are going to walk in it and be successful. Protected from all harm and danger, according to Psalm 91. And stay in the ark of Noah by following what you heard this morning. This is today's ark. All right. Well, Pastor Bev and I love you with all our hearts. And we're looking forward to seeing you. Trust the Lord with us that we'll be there in February. God bless you every hour. Oh, carry on with this series. I've got one more session to go. Don't miss next weekend. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Pastor Thea, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven. Please say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I declare you are the Lord of my life. I will live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. If you said that and you said it for the first time, then you've joined the family of God and we will see you in heaven if you'll just stay in fellowship with Jesus from now until then. God richly bless you. We love you all. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.